0: Today I sit by my wood stove, thumb through seed catalogs, think fondly of the garlic I planted a few months back, and daydream about warm soil on bare feet. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. There is a brief moment just before the winter solstice when I feel a slight pang of loss when I realize the days are about to get longer again. Right after we change the clocks in November and early darkness comes suddenly, I dread the early darkness. But before long, I get used to early nights spent next to the wood stove and appreciating clear, star-filled night skies again. That early darkness slows things down for me, which is a welcome change of pace after a fall full of putting up the garden's bounty, doing last-minute outdoor projects before snow falls, and trying to take advantage of every last warm ray of sunshine before I know I may go six months without it. But come December, I become used to that early darkness and welcome the sense of reflection and calm that it offers. So when January comes and the daylight hours are noticeably more plentiful, the pace of things seems to tick up again, especially during the January thaw. A January thaw occurs when the outside temperature increases somewhat suddenly compared to the usual temperatures in the surrounding weeks. Depending on how far north you live, this increase in temperature may not actually go above freezing and cause a thaw, but the occurrence holds on to the name January thaw, nonetheless. Interestingly, the January thaw is still cloaked in scientific mystery. It is described as a singularity, meaning that this recurring change from usual temperatures on a particular range of dates happens at least 50% of the time, more often than chance would allow. This anomalous departure from the temperature norm, when it happens, usually occurs around the third week of January, But despite the fact that the January thaw occurs with just enough frequency that we know it can't just be random, scientists are still not confident about why it happens when it does. There are many explanations out there, but none with enough statistical significance to satisfy our understanding of this well-known weather anomaly. When I rate the quality of a winter season, my scale is perfectly correlated with the quality of ice skating, cross-country skiing, and or snowshoeing conditions throughout the winter. As a person who loves winter, thanks to the outdoor recreational pursuits it can offer, I find the January thaw to be a bummer when it wipes out ideal snow and ice conditions. But if I'm lucky, it can also serve as a sort of winter reset button, as one of the patterns with a January thaw is that it is usually accompanied by a sudden decrease of temperature afterwards. This can mean that ice skating conditions can get good again before another snowstorm puts a blanket on the possibility of skating. However, I will admit that it does always feel good to go outside adorned in slightly fewer bulky layers for a few days in January to absorb as much solar radiation as I can. Evergreen plants do the same thing. That chlorophyll lingering in the leaves of spruces, firs, and pines doesn't get put to much use during the winter, but with increased sunshine and warmer temperatures like we can get during the January thaw, they can benefit from a little extra photosynthesis, helping them stock up on sugars for later. Sure, pastimes like sledding and skiing are best with thick and fluffy snow, but January thaws are as regular an occurrence as especially good apple or maple syrup years in New England. Just as the evergreens do, we can take advantage of milder weather by exploring a trail that may become easier to hike on, or simply looking for ways that other species take advantage of the warmer weather. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by Apileated Woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology.